Okay, welcome to another live edition of the BCSN Sports Wrap. Brian Fulford and A.D. Drew here coming together for another live show as we recap the past week's events, uh, news and such in HBCU sports, and even get into talking about some of the things coming up ahead. Uh, Got a big show for you today, full of conversations um, and some news uh, that we'll be uh, talking about. Coming up a little later in the show, we'll be speaking with uh, Stillman College men's basketball head coach, John Teasley. We'll also be talking with Rust College women head, women's head basketball coach, uh, Eric Jackson. And we'll also be talking to Michael Coker of BlackCollegeNines.com. It is baseball season. Yes, February means the start of baseball season, just in case you wondered, or college baseball season, I should say. Uh, Not really sure that there'll actually be a major league season or when it will actually happen, but at least we've got some college baseball to talk about uh, in the midst of everything going on in basketball and such. And so uh, with that, Drew, how you doing, my friend? Man, time is not my friend today, my brother. Lost track of time. I, I received your text at one minute to six. Like, where you at? I'm not. I can't repeat what came out my mouth afterwards, but it was related to poo uh, poo, old poo poo. It's six o'clock. I should you have know, been. On, you, I should have already been in the production room. <laughs> yes, you should have already been there. I mean, we got a loaded show. You loaded the show up. You did a great job of booking and, our and, guests and loading up the show, and then you tried not to show up. So, I mean, you know, that's that's classic, Drew. Good job. <laughs> hey, you know, I got to have somebody clean up my best, man. Just messing with you. I do a great job as always. So, I'm looking forward to to this show. Um, Want to thank you guys if you're watching us right now on YouTube. Make sure to like, first off, the Jericho Broadcast Network's YouTube page. Go ahead and like and subscribe. Hit the bell so that way you get notifications. Every time we get a new show popping, go ahead and hit that thumbs up as well. We promise this will be a good show. And if you're watching us on Facebook, we appreciate you. Hopefully you make sure you have uh, also hit the thumbs up, like, share. Go ahead and share. You know uh, you know some basketball folks. You, you, you know some folks from Stillman. You know some people from Rust. You know, some college baseball fans. It's a good show. It's a good show to uh, go ahead and share, like, and, and subscribe to the uh, BCSN. So, and, uh, you know, Drew, one of the big stories coming on this past week 
uh, obviously is surrounding the Southern Heritage Classic, a story which uh, really came out about Wednesday. Uh, we were I was doing the uh, ONG Strike Zone, and and then all of a sudden got the uh, got the alerts regarding Jackson State's decision to pull out of the Southern Heritage Classic. I think uh, I sent you that their- alert first. Yeah, you might have. You might have. Uh, leaving the promoter, Fred Jones, um, left holding holding the bag, so to speak, and as he uh, instantly uh, cited clear breach of contract. And then, of course, you had Tennessee State's president with, uh, with, with her press release that she dropped. Um, <clears throat> and it's scathing... <laughs> Yes. A drop the mic. Yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah, it was a drop the mic. You know, I I described that that uh, that press release as one of those emails that you know when when something has gone wrong or something has gone afoul, you always send out the first email full of with full of emotion and and vigor, and there might even be some cuss words in the email, and then you realize I can't send this. I can't send this email. So let me reword a few things, right? <laughs> so you reword a few things, and then you might include words like uh, insensitive, irresponsible, things that uh, uh, Tennessee State's uh, president uh, chose, uh, Glenda Glover, those are words that she chose to use in her press release on Wednesday night. And that email, Drew, that's the email that you're supposed to sit on. You're supposed to sit on that email for about mm, about two hours. That's one that you need to sit on in a day. I don't know if you sit on a day, but you're at least supposed to walk away from the computer, come back a little bit later, and read it again and be like, yeah, I don't know if I should send that. But whatever for whatever reason, they hit send. And somebody must have read it. Uh, Madam President, you sure you want to send this? Yeah, yeah, go what, ahead. What, 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 what was that person? What was the administrative assistant, assistant uh, attorney or whoever to say, let's let's think about this before we send it. And maybe they felt the same way and said, screw it, send it out. And screw it is probably not the word <laughs> they used, but this is a family show, so we're, we're, we're going to keep it uh, PG as we can. Yes. Um, so but there's a lot of you, things going on in this. Yeah. Uh, in, in this. And, uh, you know, I, I heard Doc Doc's show Thursday and uh you know thanks to the BCSM pod zone if you didn't get a chance to go and listen to that you can do that also you can find it on YouTube uh they brought up some interesting points that I you know thought was a little bit uh um a little bit different than maybe uh I I thought especially as it talked about the, the term partnership you know um and this is a partnership, apparently, but is it really a partnership? You know, because I, I think Tennessee State, it, it's just so, it's just cold-blooded, man. I, I can't really put it into any other words than to say what Jackson State did was cold-blooded. It was a business decision, but it's a cold-blooded business decision. And it does make you wonder, is that how we're treating each other these days? Is Is the amount of money 
And yes, we may be getting a better grasp of our value now, but is this how we're going to start treating each other? And I'm talking black businesses, black promoters, uh, our fellow institutions. Is that how we're going to start treating each other? I still wonder, and I still want to know more about the timeline of Jackson State coming to their decision. You know, because that that kind of thing makes me wonder why this thing happened when it did. You know, and uh, as we were talking, you you were talking about a few bullet points in this whole uh, controversy, if that's what we're going to call it, that caught caught your your uh, your eye. Well, this thing has already been dissected and. Uh analyzed from many different people, media, HBCU Game Day, HBCU Sports, Dr. Cavill, you name it, it has been uh, analyzed. So our job today, Brian, is to finish beating this thing so we can stop beating this dead horse. Uh, First of all, how, how many times has Jackson State led off our show with some type of news recently? Even going back to December with the, with the signing sure. of uh, uh, that. I'm no, not I'm not saying it's not, it's not it's not a bad yeah. thing. It's not a bad thing. It's just kind of ironic that once again Jackson State leads off our show as our lead story. Irregardless of that, Brian, I'm not. Yes, I do have questions on how this was executed. I understand the why. Trust me, I understand the why. Yes, I agree it's, with you about the why. Yeah, I understand the why it's, as well. It, 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 it's, the, it's the how and how this came apart. Uh, you and I were talking about uh, one main question is who signed this contract with, between the Southern Heritage Classic and Jackson State? And I'll let you uh, get your thoughts in on that. And then number two, if the Southern Heritage Classic is going to continue who are some of the possible replacements? So I'm going to let you address the uh, contract issue. Then let's see if we could come up with some solutions for those people there in Memphis. Well, one of the things we, we talked about was who signed the contract because I, okay. It, it, let, let's come back for a second, because if one of the reasons cited, and I, I think was it you who brought this up drew about one of the reasons that this, may have happened has to do with the uh florida classic is that is that the florida classic so the florida classic model seems to have been the model that created the swat classic with birmingham that the uh conference was able to uh put in place uh you know to what degree I don't have the full details of how much of the model it is, but we know that um, there's some significant finances being paid to the schools that participate in the Birmingham uh, SWAT Classic with very little to no expenses. So it's a win-win. We understand that. Uh, Florida A&M and Bethune-Cookman sharing a win-win when they play that game in Orlando at the end of the year. And I guess with Florida A&M and Bethune being a part of the SWAC now, it maybe shed some insight to other conference, other, other conference members as to, Hey, this is how we've been making money. How are you been making money? 
oh, you're using a third-party promoter? Hmm, interesting. How much is that promoter charging you? Uh, are they covering all your expenses? You know, um, I, one of the questions that I was asking was, how much is Jackson State getting from the Southern Heritage Classic? How much is Tennessee State getting? Um, that number, I guess, is out there. It's been out there before. Um, you know, but but I in, in this discussion over the last few days, I haven't heard anybody – I haven't heard the numbers, or at least I've missed the numbers. So with that said, when this contract was signed, because this is a four-year, what, four-year or five-year contract, did the athletic director, the current AD at Jackson State, sign the contract a couple years ago? And, and, so, and can we take that one step further? All contracts go up to the president's office, especially contracts right, so, at this level. So they all signed that contract for whatever value, and then all of a sudden you see and you get a new value and it's like, okay, wow. You know, we're going to, we're just going to breach the contract, but are they breaching they the contract? They do it in sports all we're, the time though, Brian. Players hold out. Yeah. That, well, yeah. Okay. And so that, that's the, that's the business side of this. And so, so it, it would make you think, it, it would make you think that breaching the contract is of such a minimal value that they could say, well, we're going to breach the contract and it's not going to cost us X amount of dollars. So it's like we can we can get out of this contract and go on to something better and still be in the plus. We're not going to end up in the negative, you know. And, and so, you know, that that's one of those things that makes you wonder, wow, you know, what what is what is this classic worth? You know, they, uh, they'll probably make enough on that SWAC uh, classic to buy out whatever money they would need to buy out that contract. Well, you know that. the Yeah. Was there a buyout option? Is there a buyout option? I mean, there's a lot of details about the contract which haven't come out yet. And, and I don't know if the when the promoter will release that information or if that information is known because I I still think there's some details out there and and as the promoter you got to be careful uh about trying to smear Jackson State. You know, Jackson State is kind of playing from a position of power right now because the promoter doesn't want to smear Jackson State cuz uh, always wants to do business with them. Right. Right. You got to be careful. Like if you go out and you smear Jackson State right now while or they're the hot boys on the block or right, if you even try right. to take the litigation, no one's going to want to do business with you. That makes you look bad. So it, it's a tough spot for the promoter. The only way, I mean, you know, I don't know what, you know, national alumni or Memphis alums in Jackson, in, uh, Jackson State alums in Memphis or even the city of Memphis. If the city of Memphis gets behind the promoter, maybe he might have some teeth. But then again, you know, it's like how much is the city – behind these events. I, I so I know there are a lot of questions and and you know I, I don't think I don't think this thing is gonna be put to bed for a while because there is some things that are still to be determined right now as it relates to this uh this relationship. So I mean you know I, I know there's some talk and uh, I saw some interesting articles about who could replace Jackson State in the Southern Heritage Classic. Um, you know, obviously this game was scheduled for 
September 8th or September 9th. It's September 8th through the 10th weekend, I, I'm assuming. So I don't know if that if September 10th is the actual Saturday or not. Um, but for that's the big challenge for Fred Jones, who's the promoter of uh, of this event. It's like, how do you find somebody at this point in the schedule? Um, I'm reading the article I, here I, from – well, go ahead. Let me, let me go because there's an article here from the Memphis Commercial Appeal. Uh, five schools that could replace Jackson State in the Southern Heritage Classic. These are a lot of schools we talked about off air. And four of them are SWAC schools. Four of the five are SWAC schools. And the challenges presented in this all have to do with scheduling. Uh, for example, Alabama AM is mentioned here as an all as a possible fit. Uh, but Alabama A&M's only open date right now is October 22nd. Okay. And they're not going to play Tennessee State the weekend before the Magic City Classic. I'll just throw it out there. Okay, interesting. Uh, South Carolina State, another team mentioned, thereby is September 24th right now is their opening date. Okay. Um, it's, doesn't that coincide? Well, the problem is the University of Memphis has a game against North Texas that day. So in terms of that facility, that facility is potentially compromised. Or at least you don't have the full use of that facility by itself on game day. Right? Um, okay. Grambling is mentioned in this article. But, you know, Grambling also, the October 2nd, October 22nd, open date uh southern is mentioned southern has an open date on september 24th and then valley mississippi valley state is mentioned uh their open date um, i don't see what their date is but anyway those are the four schools and, and you know four of the I, schools got are I got one yeah. more i got one more i heard north carolina right. at is looking for games ah Interesting. With the departure of Hampton and Monmouth yeah. uh, out of the uh, Big South, they've got a sketch. They got a hole, and you know, would it be nice to see FAMU get back into that? You know, and I don't know if they were selling Memphis, but definitely Birmingham and Atlanta, since they do have a hole on their schedule. Not this year, but maybe in future years. Well, yeah, it, it's something to talk about. We we've got we, we'll talk about this a little bit more a little later in the show maybe you guys who are out there watching let us know your thoughts share your opinions with us on what should be the next move for the southern heritage classic and uh you know do you like the move that jackson state made i mean you know look this conversation is not going away and uh i, I still say there's some more facets of it that uh, i'd like to personally see uncovered so uh we'll maybe talk a little bit about more uh on that topic a little bit later in the show but coming up after the break, we're going to transition over to basketball, talk with uh, the head coach of one of the hottest teams right now in the uh, NAIA. That's Stillman College. is Coach John Teasley. He'll be coming up right after this break. You're watching the BCSN Sports Wrap. We'll be back in just a moment. Carriers will give you just one measly entertainment subscription. One is no fun. With Verizon, there's up to seven entertainment subscriptions with your unlimited plan. That's seven times the... <laughs> 
Seven times the. No, no. Seven times the. Yes. Music, gaming, Disney Plus, Hulu, ESPN Plus, and more. That's seven times the entertainment. Because everyone deserves better. And with plans starting at just $35, better costs less than you think. Maureen is saving big holiday shopping at Amazon. So now she's free to become Maureen the Marrier. Food is her love language. And she really loves her grandson. Like, really loves. Charmin Ultra Soft has so much cushiony softness, it's hard for your family to remember. They can use less. Sweet pillars of softness. This is soft. Holy Charmin. Oh, excuse me. Roll it back, everybody. Sorry. Charmin Ultra Soft is so cushiony soft, you'll want more. But it's so absorbent, you can use less. So it's always worth it. Now, what did we learn about using less? You gotta roll it back, everybody. <laughs> we all go. Why not enjoy the go with Charmin? Bounty versus the old family dish towel. Drying with a fresh sheet of Bounty leaves your hands cleaner than a used dish towel that can carry and redistribute food residue. So ditch the dish towel for better hand hygiene. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. Troy, you work here? I'm never not working. Like head and shoulder scalp shield technology, up to 100% dandruff protection, even between washes. Never not working. <laughs> never not working. Never ever not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield, never not working. Every time I open one of these bottles, I hear trumpets and big band music. The Creole seasoning is a sodium-free and sugar-free blend that's versatile enough to put on anything. One of the first blends I developed more than eight years ago, the Creole seasoning has an unmistakable aroma, a bold flavor, and a little heat for character. That spin class was brutal. Oh, you can try using the Buick's massaging seat. Oh, yeah, that's nice. Can I use Apple CarPlay to put some music on? Sure. It's wireless. Pick something we all like. Okay, hold on. What's your Buick's Wi-Fi password? Buick Envision 2021. Oh, you should pick something stronger that's really predictable. That's a really tight spot. Don't worry. I used to hate parallel parking. Me too. Hey. You really outdid yourself. Yes, we did. The all-new Buick Envision. An SUV built around you. All of you. Thank you guys for what you do for HBCU Athletics. This is a fantastic avenue for, for, for all of us. This is our ESPN, so we, 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 we love what you guys do. Brian, AD, Roy, all you guys at BCSN, we really appreciate what it is that you, got, you guys do for us. credit repair company to fix my credit hold the phone man you can do it yourself with credit versio that's way too hard call the credit repair company most credit repair companies only work on one or two accounts at a time making it slow and expensive you won't figure that out for months <laughs> ignore him credit versio's brilliant software scans all three credit bureaus finds the accounts that are hurting your score and guides you through the entire process anyone can do it let's fast forward and see the results <laughs> wow i fixed my own credit and saved hundreds you can do this visit creditversio.com since 
Welcome back to the BCSM Sports Wrap. Brian and AD here. Uh, I want to remind you, make sure you're following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at MyBCSN1, the number one. And you can also download the Jericho Broadcast Networks app on your Google or Apple Play Store. Just go to MyJBN, MyBCSN, and that's where you can find the Jericho Broadcast Networks app. And anytime our show or any of the other shows that come on during the course of the week from the Black College Sports Network, you will make you will get notified of that. Coming up here in just a second, we are going to have Coach John Teasley, Stillman men's basketball coach, joining us. And uh, what a it's been a week, but what a, what a season it's been for Stillman. But it's also been a great week for Stillman College as really Stillman basketball, not just the men, but the women as well. They went, uh, the men went 3-0 this week. I think the women went 2-0. And the, the men got wins this week over Blue Mountain College by three on the road, 67-64. Then they had a great contest against second-ranked, nationally second-ranked Talladega College uh, I believe it's just Talladega's second loss all season. They beat them sixty-four to fifty-seven in a in an outstanding uh, defensive effort as they held uh, Talladega to a season low fifty-seven points. And then uh, Saturday got a win against Dalton State College, seventy-four. 68. And I believe we've got Coach Teasley on the line with us right now, Coach. Are you there? Yes, sir. How are y'all doing today? Not quite yet. I know Coach will be joining us here in just a second. I believe uh, they are they are on the road as they are. Okay. Hello. Uh, Hello. Hello. All right. As we as we're getting our production okay. squared away with Coach Teasley here. Uh, they are on live video. Uh, Stillman's on the road right now as, uh, you know, three wins on the road this past week, and they're starting off the new week. Uh, they'll be playing Middle Georgia State University tomorrow. Coach Teasley, are you there? Can you hear us? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. How are y'all? Can you guys hear me? If you can, we cannot hear him. All right. We'll eventually get it, folks. You just uh, we appreciate it. everybody from uh from uh, Stillman who's who tuning in to hear coach. Uh, we certainly shout out to SID coach. Chris Meganson for uh setting up this interview for us also. Yeah. Um so as we look ahead, okay, Coach Teasley, are you there? Yes, sir. How are y'all? Okay, uh, I hear him down there. Volume producer. A little bit, and I think we'll have him. Coach? I'm here. Just say a few words for us. Coach Teasley, how you doing? I'm good. How are y'all? Hello? All right. Okay. Okay. Well, I, I know you're... And see, we've got uh, – hey, hey, Brian, 
yeah, let's say let's take let's go into a break. Hopefully we can get this uh done and hopefully doesn't push it to our uh second interview there, Brian. All right, coming up in just a second, we'll uh hopefully have our audio figured out and we'll be with Coach John Teasley on the other side. And then two, Empowerment Resources, Inc., a nonprofit organization, has empowered more than 1,500 youth and adults in Duval and surrounding counties. Through its programs, Journey into Womanhood, Girls Mentoring, Life Skills for Teens, and Parenting Education Coaching. To get involved with programs, volunteer, or donate, visit www.empowermentresourcesinc.org. Follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash empowerment.resources and instagram.com forward slash empowermentjax. For 200 years, Montgomery, Alabama has been making history by people who had the courage to stand up for change. Today, this riverfront city has been reborn, embracing the past and looking forward to the future. From the National Memorial for Peace and Justice to the stage of the Alabama Shakespeare Festival, this is where history was and is made. We are proud to call Montgomery home, and together, we can be the change. This is the Dean of the College of HBCU Sports, Kenyatta Cavill of Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Come mix it up in the lab where the course lecture is in session every Tuesday from 6 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time on Facebook Live, YouTube Spreaker, or the BCSN app. As we discuss all things about the HBCU sports culture, including exploring the week that was in the sporting HBCU dash as well as the upcoming week of HBCU Sports. With me, the Dean, the College of HBCU Sports, on Dr. Cavill's Inside HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Course lecture dismissed. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCUPrideJoy on Facebook and Twitter. Some carriers will give you just one measly entertainment subscription. One is no fun. With Verizon, there's up to seven entertainment subscriptions with your unlimited plan. That's seven times the... <laughs> seven times the... No, no. Seven times the... Yes. Music, gaming, Disney+, Plus, Hulu, ESPN+, Plus, and more. That's seven times the entertainment. Because everyone deserves better. And with plans starting at just $35, better costs less than you think. Maureen is saving big holiday shopping at Amazon. So now she's free. We're back, Brian. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so so don't cool. ever don't ever jump on me for not having lead in music again. I'll never do it again. I'm glad I wasn't picking my nose. We'd be live on the air, and, you know, good to know. Uh Coach Teasley, let's see all. If he's there. Yes. Can you hear me? Yeah, uh, you sound good. We can hear you now, Coach. How you doing? We appreciate you uh, join. Yeah, we appreciate you joining us. Uh, sorry about the little issues. Uh, uh, how you doing this uh, afternoon or evening? 
Yeah, we are doing good. Uh, sorry, sorry if it was anything on this end, but yeah, glad to be here. Yeah, no, 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 no worries, no worries. Hey, you guys are off to. Uh, you've had a great week this past week, as uh, we were letting people know. Obviously, the three wins uh, all on the road: Blue Mountain, Talladega, Dalton State. Talk a little bit about the challenges of playing those three games in five days and you've got Talladega sitting in the middle, the number two team in the country. What's that been like for you and this and your staff and your players this week? Yeah, it's been very, very busy on our end, you know, just trying to prepare for three teams in five days. And, and, and you know, it's just, you know, you don't want to look ahead or, or do anything like that. So, you know, your focus is the team that, that you play first and then and then you, you move on to the next game but just being able to just a lot of late nights and a lot of a lot of fast food and late nights that's what it's been like for us mm-hmm. now go ahead drew coach uh you've got a conference there that legitimately has four top 25 teams in the nation talk about just talk about your conference in general and the uh, competition day in and day out in that conference uh, that that you have there, Coach. Yeah, I, I, you know, I've always said I think we play in one of the best conferences in the country, and and it's due to you know so many great coaches that's, that's in this conference and and institutions. It's, I mean, it's just it's 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 very it's it's hard work, but it's very enjoyable when you when you can compete with those guys. But, you know, we got some great teams like Loyola, uh, Talladega are, are playing unbelievable this year. You have Faulkner, who's always, you know, been very good. And, you know, we're just somewhere in there with them. And and, 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 and all the other teams like Mobile and Dalton State. And, uh, you know, we do a lot of we – we beat up on each other a lot throughout the season. Uh, everybody in this team is, is, is very, very good. Yeah, legitimately. And of course, uh, for those who don't know, we're talking about the Southern States Athletic Conference. Um, as the current standing sit, um, Talladega sitting at 11 and 1, Loyola, who they were the last in the IA poll, they were ranked third in the nation. Faulkner, who's 11 and 3 in conference, they were like in the top 20. And I gotta, I gotta believe, I gotta hope that, you know, the latest polls will be favorable and that we'll see Stillman in the top 25 this week. Um, you know, you where uh, tell, you know, I know I know coaches don't get caught up in the polls and things of that nature, but you guys were in the polls last year. And so what would it what are your thoughts on just that those rankings and and how it will help later on in the season when it comes to playoff time and, and getting into the NAIA tournament? Yeah, you know, the higher you rank, the better the seed, and 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 those kind of things. But you know, like you said earlier, we 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 mainly as coaches don't focus on rankings. You know, it's good to be there. You know, ever since I've been at Stillman, we're usually not ranked, and then we find our way in in the top twenty-five. And this year, we started the season in the top twenty-five and found our way out. And and you know, just getting back in it is you know, it's really going to be up to how we perform from here on out. But but yeah, it, it it will it will benefit us to be in the top twenty five when it's time to pick the national seeding. Now this uh, this team obviously you've got um, three 
Now, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, obviously, Devin Merriweather, Trey Petty, two of your top three scores are returners from last year's team that advanced to the um, uh, the, the round of 16. I don't think they call it the Sweet 16 in the NAIA. Uh, so I, 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 my lack of what they call it, uh, I'm going to call it the Sweet 16, uh, but it's the national tournament for the NAIA. We're a part of that. Londell King, was he was he there last year or is he – uh, is is he is he new? I, I don't remember his name mentioned a lot last season. No, he he played with us a uh, a not last year, but a the the year ago, and you know he was battling the injury, and now he's back on the floor for us. And and you know, like you were talking about those other guys, you know, we're, we're fortunate to have four starters back, and with the addition of Londell King from from that Sweet Sixteen year. Right, right. And, of course, King scored 33 back on uh, January 27th, uh, an 86% shooting from the field. Um, I, I want to talk about that game against Talladega, which, I mean, we when we did this show last week, we knew that was going to be a, the matchup of the week. I mean, we, we knew that your team was going to be tough, well-prepared, ready for that contest, and we knew what Talladega had. But to hold them to 57 points and 30.8, percent from the field I, I mean coach the defense was on fire I, I mean uh, talk a little I mean when, I know your team plays D coach but I mean where you had to have a big smile on your face after that one uh the way your guys played yeah no just you know you know when you have a team like Talladega coming in it it, it kind of makes it, it, it it's really good for you as a coach because you know all your guys are going to be tuned in and and understanding exactly what you would need them to do and what their roles are for that that competition in that game, and uh, Talladega, man, they're unbelievable. Chris Wright does a great job with those guys. Uh, he recruits well. You know, they, they're on a tear right now through, throughout the NAI. You know, I think the, the job that they've done has just been unbelievable. And, and even when we played them at their place, you know, it, it, it was a low-scoring game, and, and you know, they beat us pretty good. And uh, we just knew, you know, our guys had a chip on their shoulder that week. And they just knew what was coming, and, 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 and they really locked in and, and were focused like I've never seen them before. And and, and we, we're trying to hold on to that focus because to beat a team like that, everybody has to be together. And, and, and the reason why we were able to play such good defense, we played, we were allowed to, we were able to play a lot of people and, you know, had fresh legs on the floor. And we just knew that, that it was going to take everybody to beat a great team like that. Go ahead, Drew. Right. Coach, the one thing yeah. that anybody who's been in basketball, you have to guard about this, is peaking too early. So, you know, given the great win that you had last week, the tough week that you had last week, how do you guard against peaking too early? Because when you hit conference tournament time, you want to hit your semi-peak so that you are actually peaking, peaking in the national tournament. So how do you guard against that, Coach? Well, one of the things, you know, we, we hear that a lot from a lot of people, but one of the things that, that, that we focus on is, is really how, how can we get better every day? And, and, you know, there's always room for improvement. There's always room for us to get better. And, and I think if you, if you focus on that, then you'll never be able to peak. You're always striving for the next step up and, and just keep getting better and better and better instead of peaking and, 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 and flatlining out. We, we, our goal is to, how can we get better today? How, how can we get better from the, where we were yesterday? And, and I think our guys are understanding that. And, and 
basically they're buying into it and, and that hopefully that keeps continuing on with us. Well, coach, uh, we'll get to see you guys in a couple of weeks as uh, we'll be there covering you guys homecoming game on February 19th. And we hope that you're at that still on the rise at that point in time there, coach. Yes, sir. And, and we're excited to have you. I, I, I don't know if you guys have ever been to a Spielman homecoming, but it's one of the, uh, to me, it's one of the best homecomings in HBCUs all around the country. Stillman has a great alumni, that a, a great family atmosphere. It's going to be unbelievable. So we're excited that you guys are there covering us. Well, I've never been to a Stillman homecoming, but I have been on the other side of Stillman, Tuskegee, when Stillman was in the SIAC. So I know that Stillman atmosphere that you talk about, Coach. Yes, sir. It's electrifying. It's, a, it's, one, of the, it's one of the best atmospheres that I've ever experienced in athletics since I've been coaching. Hey, uh, Coach, before we let you go, I you you know, looking at your schedule, we made a lot uh, about the three games this past week, but but in looking at the schedule, that's the norm for the last two weeks of the season. This week, you got three games this week. You got three games next week. And, and uh, I, you know, you managed, you managed in terms of rest and, and uh, minutes this week. Uh, do you keep a similar pattern, or what's the strategy in terms of health, practice, planning, all of those things that go into having your teams ready game in and game out because the last two weeks you've got three games uh, each uh, each week. Yeah, yeah, we got three games each week, and that last week's going to be really tough. We played Loyola back-to-back. We played them on the 14th, and then we play them on that Thursday after the 14th, and then we have homecoming. But, but you know, really doing that, you just try to you, – you try to – Finish minutes, and you just try to keep fresh legs, and 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 it's a lot of ice, it's a lot of treatment after games, just and you know we really go overboard on that just so our guys could be healthy for the next matchup. We do a lot of what we call active rest at practice, where we get a lot of shots up and a lot of walkthrough stuff, just so those guys can rest, even though we're practicing. There, it's not as hard as a as a normal practice. It's really just to help keep their legs and make sure they're their mental focus is where it needs to be and and just just pray that everybody stays healthy, you know. Yeah. All right. Well, coach, uh again, uh you guys are playing at Middle Georgia State University. It's a 5 p.m. Eastern tip-off uh in the Cochran Georgia Cochran Georgia Morris Gymnasium there. It's a rescheduled game, so it's kind of one of those games where, you know, the you, you guys uh are managing to kind of fit them in where you can get them in. So that's sort of one of the challenges. Then you're back home on February 10th against Oakwood University, and then you play Blue Mountain College at home. So uh, good luck to you this week, uh, and especially tomorrow. And, uh, you know, uh, we'll be following you up until that broadcast on February 19th. We look forward to seeing you there. Yes, sir. Look forward to seeing you guys, and thank you for all you do for us. All right. Again, that's uh, head coach John Teasley, Stillman College men's basketball. We're going to take a break, come back, transition over to another sport on our uh, busy but exciting show as we'll be talking with Michael Coker, uh, Black College Nines, in just a moment. So thank you for watching. We'll be back in just a moment. Maureen is saving big holiday shopping at Amazon. So now she's free to become Maureen the Marrier. Food is her love language. 
and she really loves her grandson. Like, really loves. Charmin Ultra Soft has so much cushiony softness, it's hard for your family to remember. They can use less. Sweet pillows of softness. This is soft. Holy Charmin. Oh, excuse me. Roll it back, everybody. Sorry. Charmin Ultra Soft is so cushiony soft, you'll want more. But it's so absorbent, you can use less. So it's always worth it. Now, what did we learn about using less? You gotta roll it back, everybody. <laughs> we all go. Why not enjoy the go with Charmin? Bounty versus the old family dish towel. Drying with a fresh sheet of Bounty leaves your hands cleaner than a used dish towel that can carry and redistribute food residue. So ditch the dish towel for better hand hygiene. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. Troy, you work here? I'm never not working. Like head and shoulder scalp shield technology, up to 100% dandruff protection, even between washes. Never not working. <laughs> never not working. Never ever not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield, never not working. Every time I open one of these bottles, I hear trumpets and big band music. The Creole seasoning is a sodium-free and sugar-free blend that's versatile enough to put on anything. One of the first blends I developed more than eight years ago, the Creole seasoning has an unmistakable aroma, a bold flavor, and a little heat for character. That spin class was brutal. Well, you can try using the Buick's massaging seat. Ooh, yeah, that's nice. Can I use Apple CarPlay to put some music on? Sure. It's wireless. Pick something we all like. Okay, hold on. What's your Buick's Wi-Fi password? Buick Envision 2021. Oh, you should pick something stronger that's really predictable. That's a really tight spot. Don't worry. I used to hate parallel parking. Me too. Hey. You really outdid yourself. Yes, we did. The all-new Buick Envision. An SUV built around you. All of you. Thank you guys for what you do for HBCU Athletics. This is a fantastic avenue for, for, for all of us. This is our ESPN, so we, 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 we love what you guys do. Brian, AD, Roy, all you guys at BCSN, we really appreciate what it is that you, got, you guys do for us. Welcome back to the BCSN Sports Wrap, Brian and AD, and it's a pleasure to be joined by our good friend, Michael Coker, which means it's baseball season. Michael Coker of BlackCollegeMinds.com, as well as the executive director of Black College Championships. Mike, how you doing, man? Good to see you. I'm all right. How about you guys? Doing well. I, I should say Happy New Year. This is the first time I've seen you this year. Happy New Year. I don't know if there's a moratorium on that. I feel like at some point, you know, you kind of stop saying it, but it's all good. Um, so, Mike, uh, baseball season is here. Um, obviously, coming up, uh, it's just started, and, you know, the start of this season, blackcollegenines.com. Uh, you know, before, you know, obviously, we're going to talk a little bit about the big announcements that's going to be coming up, but give us a little – Give us a little teaser, a little preview. What are maybe a couple of storylines for the upcoming baseball season, college HBCU baseball season, that we should kind of pay attention to in these early uh, weeks of the season? Well, 
not a shocker alert or spoiler alert, but uh, West Virginia State made a good run into the uh, uh, NCAA Division II Regional. Uh, they actually won a game, and their stars are returning. The key position players are returning. Uh, Andrew Shaw can hit a ton. He's got a lot of... Coach Sean Lloyd has a lot of good pitching. Uh, he's got guys on his team uh, that's throwing 92, 93 plus. I mean, when you've got five, six deep, that sounds like NCAA Division One. And he's got hitting to go on top of that. So I look for West Virginia State. I do have a few dark horses. Uh, Virginia State did not play much last year, and they went out and did some heavy recruiting. Virginia State is a dark horse team. Coach Morgan has really assembled together some good freshmen who's going to get some significant playing time. And he, uh, the transfer portal got some guys coming in. And then Blue, Bluefield State. Bluefield State lost three games over the weekend uh, to a good Anderson club. But the first two games, they lost both of those games by one run. And each game they were in. Uh, you take a catching, throwing error, you take that out of the equation, that would have been an easy win. Uh, Bluefield State got a kid from Virginia Tech. Uh, it's got some other 90-mile-an-hour throwers. And then uh, you you got to factor in Coach Bailey, who ends up winning the Black College World Series. Uh, that helped the team out. That helped his uh, coaching experience out. So, and he's going to write that ship. It's just the third game of the season, but they played it like it was, uh, you know, they, they went into that game. Uh, it's it's kind of funny because they left campus early, three days early to prepare for the game, and they ended up going to Clemson. They practiced on the Clemson baseball field for two days, and then they went to uh, Anderson, uh, North Carolina, South Carolina to play that game. So uh, that's that that's a testament to not just the world series but a, a good coach and then there's xavier xavier has got a good ball squad uh xavier is going into a very tough conference the red river athletic conference is a rugged conference you got those uh lsu schools there uh, alexander and, and shreveport and then you have texas uh, texarkana and you got um uh assembly of god there you that's a baseball program and, and by the way xavier makes the fifth hbcu there so I, th those are i think my picks and my other dark horse is florida memorial which is three to one they have florida memorial this week knocked off the eighth ranked team in the nai top 25 kaiser and that sends shockwave through uh the nai because uh kaiser is a no a program that is known every year to be in the top 15 and they are conference opponents conference rivals so uh and and he's got pitching uh tito burgos the head coach he's got pitching so i think those those teams i mentioned uh keep a good eye on those teams especially for this uh the season uh mike well, uh, i want you to put a pin in it oh no go ahead drew I was gonna say, I want you to put a pin in that World Series uh, thing because we're gonna come back to that. But Mike, look, I'm an SIAC man. 
I'm a swag man, and I used to be a BAC man. You haven't given me any team in one of those three conferences. So quick, <laughs> give me the teams to watch at those three conferences, man. Okay, well, I, I, if you, I'm, I'm looking at uh, um, Savannah State. Uh, That's SIEC. That, 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 yes, Merrill can pitch. Carlton Hardy, the head coach, is a Division One coach at a Division Two level. Remember, he was in the MIAC, and he had he had he's had some good success playing in the MIAC. They decided a few years ago to step the program down to Division Two. He still has that Division One frame of mind. He knows that if he's going to win, and he proved he proved it last year. Uh, yet, you know, he had some bumps in the road during the season. Some games he should have won, but Carl Nardi is going to turn that ship around. And uh, they, they, as a matter of fact, they want they do Brian and Stratton this week. Uh, uh, they lost one game, one to nothing. It was a pitcher's duel, pretty good ball game. Uh, and then you got to look at Albany State. Scott Hemmings, Scott Hemmings, uh, every year he sends at least one player to major league baseball whether it's the draft or the free agency or if they go professional within the independent league within two years they're on a minor league roster and then there's kentucky state but my team to, uh, to really look out for in the swag is jackson state jackson state is returning nearly everybody at every key position Omar Johnson has Shanor Brown and Ty Hill. Those two guys combined can put up 80, 90 runs batted in between the both of them. If they're batting back to back, that is huge because Shanor Brown was our, was Black College Nines player of the year. And Ty Hill, the third baseman. Uh, if you go on and you look at their stats and you'll see how similar they are, and you will see that these guys and and what they did last year was they led the nation in stolen bases imagine what they can do in 2022 now mind you they lost that conference tournament to southern southern got hot at the right time i think that was a learning curve for coach omar johnson to realize that uh to get over that hump because he made a few mistakes in the eighth and ninth inning in pitching and i think that has will help him to realize that when you know that your pitcher's not uh, getting it in those last innings, you got to do something different. And so I'm, 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 and, and the thing is, they finished 34 and nine. There are only two teams in the history of the NCAA Division One that had losses that were uh, under 10 games. I think they can do it again. What about the BF, right. Mike? The MEAC is up for it's 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 it's, it's a toss up. I say that because there's only four teams. You know, it's kind of hard to pick uh, uh, what team you think can you know do I do I dump on a bandwagon and say Norfolk State because they won the NCAA? I mean, I mean they won the MEAC conference last year. No, because they're not returning anybody. Their main guns are gone. One uh, uh, Alexander Womack is signed as a free agent with the Chicago White Sox. Uh, Ty Henning, their top hitter, is now at FAMU. So do I say them? No. Uh, Maryland Eastern Shore did not have a team last year, but then Cookman is no longer there. Uh, North Carolina A&T has jumped ship to the Big South. So it's a real toss-up. 
Uh, Delaware State would be my good choice, but uh, you really don't know what Delaware State is doing. And then uh, Coppin State, Coppin's got some uh, good players coming back. Um, uh, the kid that's coming off of, uh, he had a torn ACL. He'll be back this year. So it, it's, it's, it's a real toss-up. That's really probably the hardest of the, my writing for HBCU baseball that I can, you know, report on. But the thing is, is I think they got a better cookie they need to worry about. Because if they don't find teams to have six teams to get to the NCAA tournament, that by the end of this season, then they lose that automatic regional bid. And that's going to be. And that's not going to be good for HBCUs. Right, right. Uh, well, Mike, uh, one of the things that we brought you in here to tell us about is uh, as the executive director of Black College Championships, LLC, um, there's a big event that'll be going on at the end of the year, May 11th through the 15th in Montgomery, Alabama. Big press conference for tomorrow. Let people know about the Black College World Series that will be happening at the end of this baseball season? Well, it, it will be the, the second uh, event. Uh, this will be the second uh, Black College World Series in Montgomery. And by the way, uh, my partner in crime is a uh, uh, young guy named uh, A.D. Drew. He's helping big time on that. Uh, he's on our committee as well. Uh, what I like about the event is the fact that Montgomery is situated in an area where uh, it has a lot of significance to HBCU baseball, the civil rights. And uh, it, the Montgomery Biscuits were pretty good when the event on, went on last year. Uh, this year, it, it's, it's, we're, we're better situated to handle uh, the, the tournament itself. The event will crown a we will no longer pay, uh, uh, be having mystical champions. That's how important this event is. And it's, it's open to the community. Uh, there's going to be community involvement. Uh, the national level is excited as well as the local. And it's, it's something that needs to be done with HBCU baseball. Uh, uh, teams are, want something to play for. They don't want to uh, – like I said earlier, a mystical champion. Everything should be set on the field. And Montgomery gives us that opportunity. It's central located around HBCUs. It's within travel distance. Uh, you can spend two, three hours on the road, see a great tournament, go back home and come back the next day. Well, um, of course, the people from Montgomery want ahead, to stay. Sir. They don't want them to go back. The people from Montgomery want them to stay. They don't want them to go back home. <laughs> we hope they don't. Um, I really, I really hope they don't. It's, you know, it, it, everything is, everything for the tournament is right there. And it's a great community. If you ever get a chance to go to Montgomery, you will really enjoy that town. Yeah. Well said. Uh, now Mike, so again, this, for those who are not, may not be familiar, the Black College World Series is you're taking the top eight teams, four from the top four from Division Two the top four from NAIA. Is that still correct? That is correct. I don't want to so, lead too much into it. I, I don't want to lead too much into it, but that is correct. Uh, that's a very big press conference tomorrow. And I ask uh, a lot of uh, people to join us on that press conference. You'll get a full-blown inf uh, uh, information filled 
about the Black College World Series and how it's important to us. The uh, what what time is uh, I, I know I've got it here somewhere, but what time can what time can people tune in for that press conference tomorrow? It's 10 a.m. Central Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And that'll be right here on the Black College Sports Network. For those who want to tune in to the press conference. Right. Uh, website is, is mybcsn.net slash world dash series. Uh, also available on YouTube uh, via the Jericho Broadcast Network's YouTube uh, feed, MyJBN1. You can also access it on Facebook and Twitter at MyBCSN1. And uh, just to give people the dates again, so you can start making your plans now, May 10th through the 15th, 2022. That's this spring, May 10th through the 15th. Games, all the games will be played at Riverwalk Stadium, home of the Tampa Bay Rays AA affiliate Montgomery Biscuits, which is on uh, 200 Coosa Street in Montgomery. A beautiful ballpark, by the way. I really enjoyed that ballpark last year, just that whole area. Um, Very nice. Uh, Everything was great last year. So um, I'm excited that it's coming back, you know. So I'm excited to hopefully be able to call a few games this upcoming year. So that's – that's exciting. Any other things, any other, uh, any other special guests that we can look forward to uh, being at the, obviously outside of you, I'm sure uh, Drew will be there. Anybody else that uh, you want to uh, talk about or promote or give people a little sneak peek on why they should tune in to the, the press press conference uh, tomorrow morning. That press conference will, will be full of, all the information you need to know, not what you want to hear, but what you need to know about the Black College World Series. And and what I, I'm going to add is what, what doesn't get talked about is the Montgomery Biscuits have a great barbecue area. We get that stadium full. That barbecue area will open up and you will be eating some of the best smoked ribs and chicken in what? The South of Mississippi in Montgomery. All right, look, that's all you had to say was uh, smoke, smoke meat. I'm there. Let's go. So, uh, look, I, I <laughs> let's go. Let's, let's go. go. Ahead, hey, one last thing before we get out of here, because we've got Coach Jackson waiting. Uh, and, and try to give me this in uh, about 30 seconds, though. Uh, talk about our uh, colleague, friend of the Black College Sports Network, uh, Nick Strong, who just took over Florida National. Nick Strong, Texas Southern. Uh, graduate, uh, played at Texas Southern. Uh, so kind of talk about him. Uh, try 30 seconds or less. We'll get him on sooner or later, but I want to sure. sh- moment to shout him out. Well, when I when I met Nick Strong, I heard quite a bit about him. He's in the former uh, Texas Southern University baseball player. Uh, he was coaching down at uh, uh, Wiley College, and then the, the school decided to go in a different direction. At Houston Tittleson, Offered him the coaching job. The AD decides to, to go with the basketball team to a base a basketball tournament in the, in the Bahamas. He came back and with a different mind frame. Nick was out. Nick jumped on the national uh, uh, search for a, a, a head coach. Uh, they brought him in for an interview. Made a few phone calls on his behalf. Uh, some other people made it for his behalf. Now he's the uh, Florida National University head coach. They're an NAIA program. 
uh, he's in a situation to build that program because they are heavily funded. Uh, they've given him an opportunity to come in and make a name for himself and for the school. And that's a big testament because they chose an HBCU, something that doesn't happen much. Well said. Well said. Shout out to Nick Strong. I'm glad you mentioned it, Drew, because I was going to shout it out later in the show. But uh, I love talking baseball with Nick. Nick is one of those guys that I just love to hear him talk about baseball, which he can do. If you know Nick Strong, he will do it as 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 much time as you give him. He will talk about baseball. So just be you just sit back just, and be quiet. Just don't let these two get in the same room because you may oh, never yeah. get out. You don't love baseball. Get out of there quickly. Hey, uh, exactly. thank you, Michael. Again, uh, 11 o'clock tomorrow morning, Eastern, 10, 10 a.m. Central. Uh, tune over to Black College Sports Network and uh, uh, catch the uh, virtual press conference to announce uh, what's going to be going on with the 2022 Black College World Series. Mike, I know we'll talk again in more depth a little bit later. So thank you for coming on and talking with us, okay? Brian Fulford and AD Drew, thank you for having me. All right, coming up after the break, we talked to uh, head coach Eric Jackson, Russ College, uh, and uh, we appreciate him hanging in there with us. And so we'll be back in a short moment. You're watching a BCSN Sports Wrap. Time to call a credit repair company to fix my credit. Hold the phone, man. You can do it yourself with Credit Versio. That's way too hard. Call the credit repair company. Most credit repair companies only work on one or two accounts at a time, making it slow and expensive. You won't figure that out for months. <laughs> Ignore him. Credit Versio's brilliant software scans all three credit bureaus, finds the accounts that are hurting your score, and guides you through the entire process. Anyone can do it. Let's fast forward and see the results. <laughs> wow, I fixed my own credit and saved hundreds. You can do this. Visit creditversio.com. Since 2002, Empowerment Resources, Inc., a nonprofit organization, has empowered more than 1,500 youth and adults in Duval and surrounding counties. Through its programs, Journey into Womanhood, Girls Mentoring, Life Skills for Teens, and Parenting Education Coaching. To get involved with programs, volunteer, or donate, visit www.empowermentresourcesinc.org. Follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash empowerment.resources and instagram.com forward slash empowermentjax. For 200 years, Montgomery, Alabama has been making history by people who had the courage to stand up for change. Today, this riverfront city has been reborn embracing the past and looking forward to the future. From the National Memorial for Peace and Justice to the stage of the Alabama Shakespeare Festival, this is where history was and is made. We are proud to call Montgomery home, and together, we can be the change. All right, welcome back to the uh, BCSN Sports Wrap. Brian and AD joining us right now is the head women's coach as well as the associate athletic director at Russ College, the Bearcats, Coach Eric Jackson, Jr. Coach, it's good to have you on with us. Thank you for your patience, first off, and uh, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing all right, man. Thank you guys for having me. No problem at all. Yeah, yeah, good, good to have you on. Uh Look, uh, we can finally we can finally talk. Look, Rust has been your team has been tearing it up this year, uh, this season, and we finally get a chance to uh, to talk with you. One of the hottest teams 
in HBCU uh, basketball, HBCU women's basketball, currently with a record of 19-2, and uh, 4-0 in conference, winners of nine in a row. Um, Coach, what, you know, after after a little bit of the disappointment of the end of last season, getting left out of the tournament, is this is, what talk about the mindset of this team this year and how you're where you feel like your team is at right now as you head into that uh sort of the, the heading into the fourth turn here of the season um well we're just trying to to stay humble and hungry that's kind of our um our call in practice you know just staying ready to ready to play um preparing for one game at a time um and then letting the record and the body of work speak for itself um I think that we've been doing a good job of that as most. We went out and tried to play um, some different people that we normally wouldn't have, but at the same time keeping true to our HBCU roots um, and playing some HBCUs as well. Um, and so we're just using that body of work just to show um, the other Raiders and, and the NAI as a whole um, who Russ College is um, on the women's basketball side. Mm-hmm. And uh, your, your team uh, this past uh, well, the NEIA ranking number five, which came out back on January 26th, uh, you had uh, just cracked the poll, uh, number 25. And I got to imagine with uh, three wins since then, uh, you'll continue to rise. So now uh, I, I think Rust, Drew, correct me. Yeah, no, Rust is the only HBCU in the top 25 this year, which is kind of, which is kind of strange, but also good uh, for where you guys are. Um, I, talk a little bit about this, this, uh, your scheduling, because I know that was something of, I mean, with the fact that the GCAC is sort of in a transition year. And I say that meaning you had three schools leave, uh, but you have future members coming. So this is kind of a year where you're, you don't have very many conference opponents per se. Talk a little bit about what you did, how, how challenging we talked about it before, but kind of get in if you can. Take us behind the scenes, maybe, and maybe a little depth as you can with the, with the getting the scheduling the way you wanted it. Um, well, we just tried to um, pinpoint some schools and some and some opportunities um, that will best give different conferences to see Russ College live, so that that way they can take it back to their Raiders, or even in some cases, the Raiders were the coaches that we played. Um, so that way they can go back to. Um, for example, Tennessee Westland, um, who's in the AAC, um, uh, Cumberland, who's in the Mid-South, uh, Lions College, who's in the AMC. Um, you know, uh, we played Wilberforce uh, twice, played Ford Memorial out of the Sun Conference. So we really tried to spread the wealth around as opposed to just staying, you know, in the Alabama, Texas, and just stay with the, the traditional, you know, Stillman's and teams, teams we're always going to play. But we want to just kind of spread it out a little bit so they can say, hey, man, we've seen Rust at this tournament Russ is pretty good you know and then if the, if the body of work continues to show that when they go look us up you know when it's time for ratings and stuff to come around um they'll remember us you know at, at some point or another and so I think that really helped us um for sure you know but we just got to continue to work and um take it one game at a time mm-hmm. go ahead Drew all right coach I, I I need you to be honest with me I looked at you guys <laughs> schedule and back over the King holiday, you were scheduled to go to play UVI. Tell the truth. How mm-hmm. disappointed were you that you did not get to take <laughs> that trip to UVI in January? That's question number one. And then number two, I, I got a bone to pick. 
you didn't even ask us to come cover that game because we would have took that trip with you, Coach. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just joking, just joking. Yeah, man, we it was it was a heartbreaker for sure. I, I'll tell you, I'll be lying if I didn't say that was one of my recruiting uh my one of my recruiting perks to try to get some of the kids that I got in this year. Um, but you know, hey, you know this 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 world of COVID now is just different. You know, we got to kind of you know, move and be flexible with scheduling and rescheduling games and postponing games and all that kind of stuff. So it was just kind of just an unfortunate situation, you know, but I'm just happy that, um, you know, the opportunity was there to go. But, you know, the, just the result was just kind of out of our hands. And those who do not know, uh, that's the University of the Virgin Islands. Uh, for those who are not familiar with who, you, who UVI is. But now let's get back to the serious uh, thing of this. GCAC has traditionally been a one bid league, uh, definitely now with the uh, lack of members. And you've got a Philander Smith in your conference who's also uh, very, very good on women's sides. You beat him the first time around. You'll probably play him. Well, you definitely are playing one more time, and that's the early prognostication for the conference championship. How important is it for a for you guys to be to be Philander the second time around? But b thinking of the conference as a as a whole, how important is it for that game just to be competitive so that Philander possibly gets a opportunity whichever one loses uh to the other one in the tournament if you guys meet the finals still gets a good outside chance of getting an at large uh birth to the national tournament yeah well you you pretty much summed it up um me and me and brandon talk all the time about um excuse me about how important it is for us to you know stay competitive and um you know we are we are the top two teams in the gcac right now you know and he and he does a great job with his group um they play hard um, all the time. And, and, you know, two years ago, they, they were the GCAC champs. They won the tournament. You know, he had a really, really good team there. And it was a stacked GCAC at that time. You had the Xavier's and the Talladega's and all those of the world. And, and you they, guys, they came and out you, don't throw you guys in that conversation. Too. You guys <laughs> yeah, for sure, too. For sure. Yeah. So it, it was just, yeah. you know, it's kind of just speaking of what you're talking about um, in terms of how the, the GCAC is going to kind of in this rebuild mode of adding members and bringing uh, new members in as some are leaving out. But, um, but you know, no doubt about it. You know, the the having that number one seed and and playing out and and getting to that um, that top seed is going to be very very important going to um, the tournament. Um, just for a simple fact that the tournament is also in Little Rock. You know, so that's something else to to think about in terms of us trying to um, put our best foot forward and give us the best chance to come out on top. Right. My last question before I turn it back over to Brian. Uh, talk about expansion. Uh, GCAC going back into the two old markets, going back into the Alabama market a little bit further north with uh, Oakwood. Suno's coming back into the conference. You already already have had a presence in the New Orleans area, but the addition of Wiley into Texas, does that change things as far as recruiting opportunities or uh, how, how, how does going into that new market change things for you over there at Russ College? Um, well, you know, we, we always try to um, recruit kids from the area that we're going to play. So obviously going to Texas will help us, um, you know, and give, give some of those kids from out of state an opportunity for their families to see them play and all that kind of stuff. And I know that's a big, big uh, deal for some of those kids. Um, but we're really, really excited of, of having the teams that we have coming in. 
Um, we expect them to be um, competitive, and we expect them to um, also um, travel-wise, hopefully influence some other teams to come in as well um, since those teams are already in. Um, and so and then as we get closer and closer, um, that'll put us at eight teams. We get two more teams. Now we're talking about we'll be a two-automatic bid league, which is ultimately the goal. Um, and so the closer you are to that, um, the more enticing it becomes to that ninth and tenth team. You know, and so that's something that we want to um, push toward as as we continue to grow the conference. Arkansas Baptist. <coughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Good rival right there. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I can say it. I can throw it out there. You can't. Go ahead, Brian. <laughs> hey, uh, Coach, when I, you know, went, going back and looking at some individual and team stats, uh, obviously – you return uh, individually. Shay Johnson comes back for an, for another year. Uh, I believe she was uh, a GCAC All-American or, or first team uh, All-GCA a year ago. Um, I, I can't even remember if she was the player of the year. I, I, I was looking it up earlier. But um, t- talk a little bit about Shay um, and, and just in terms of your returners, uh, some of your other returners from a year ago that are making an impact with this year's uh, team? Um, well, I mean, Shay, Shay is definitely the leader on the team. Um, she's our starting point guard. She's been starting ever since she's got here from UCA a couple years ago. Um, and, she's, and she's just a dynamic point guard. Um, she can score when you need her to score. She can distribute when you need her to distribute. Um, she leads us in scoring, but she also leads the GCAC in assists per game. Um, and so, and she's also a top-notch defender. Um, she leads us in, um, in charge, taking charges um, and all that kind of stuff. And that's kind of a private stat that we, that we uh, tally up here, here at Russ College. Um, but just other um, returners, man, we were returning from that regular season championship last year, probably about six or seven young ladies um, that, you know, are happy that we won that, the regular season championship, but also felt like it was some things left undone, you know, and that, and that's a great feeling when you have that success. Um, but also you're still kind of hungry for more because you know, we could have done a little bit better, you know? And so um, Katie Blackman, um, who's been with me for four years and she'll be back next year is just a, a, a walking double, double. She's closing in on a thousand points and a thousand rebounds. Um, and she probably will have those before the season's over with. Um, and then Jasmine Coleman is just um, been a starter for me for all three years. Um, kind of our three and D type of girl. Um, she has gotten better every single year, adding just a little bit to our game here or there, you know, and just been a steady force for us. Um, and then also India Green. She's kind of our um, Draymond Green, so to speak, kind of does everything for us. She'll rebound. Uh, she can shoot the three a little bit. Um, she'll start to break at times. She can guard a five. She can guard a three, guard a two, and she's standing at five eleven. So she's just one of those people that kind of like a Swiss Army knife, you know. And then you have uh, Faith Katus as well, who's just a um, kind of my sixth man, so to speak. Um, can, another three and D young lady, and um, we're expecting really, really big things out of her as she comes back next year um, to finish up her senior campaign. As Jasmine is gone, so we're kind of looking for that for her to step in in that role as well. But just a lot of people who understand, and this is our first time where we had that many key pieces returning um, to where when we came into practice in August, it made it really easy for us to 
um, teach the new young ladies our system, you know, and I and I really found a newfound value in that because a lot of times, especially at this level, you have a lot of overturn and a lot of people coming go, leaving, and then you recruit a lot of people coming in. You kind of have to reteach a lot of stuff. So it was it was really um, a good situation for us to have that many returners come back. Nice. Um, nationally, as a team, Rust is second in points allowed defensively, 50.2 per game, which is second in the NAIA. Uh, I, and what's, what's interesting for me when I go through the stats, I, and I, I always look at team stats and I see NAIA. I mean, there's schools that are putting up 90, 80 a night. Uh, and, you know, the, the points in the NAIA level, it's just like, wow. You know, I always wonder, I'm like, who's playing defense? And then I come across <laughs> your stats and I'm like, oh, Russ College is playing defense. I mean, 50 a game. Uh, how proud are you when you when you see your team ranked as one of the top teams defensively? How proud are you of that? And, and is that going to be something that you really feel like will carry? I mean, you know, the, you know the old adage, defense wins championships. Is that something that you're leaning on for uh, for this uh, upcoming tournament and uh, postseason play? Oh, absolutely no question at all. Um, we talk about it at the beginning of the season. Um, sometimes you'll have games where um, you'll make a bunch of shots um, from a, from an offensive perspective. Um, you'll shoot a bunch of free throws. And you may have some games where those shots are not falling. And we talk about how do you win those games when the shots are not falling, um, the, the pace of the game is very slow, very half-court-like, you know, and so your possessions are shortened. How do you win those games? You know, and, and since defense is, you know, probably 80, 90 percent effort and just want to and just feel like it, you know, we kind of create a culture at Russ College where we're going to feel like it more than you feel like it every day, you know, in every possession and all that kind of stuff. And so that's kind of um, what we talk about and what we do. And we were fortunate and you can see it in our in our schedule. You know, we've we've won games where it's 37 to 36 as a final score. You know, we won games in the 50s, wow. you know, but then we also have games where, you know, our offense is going and we win by 20 and 30 points, but it's always the same defensively we're locked in. So we're trying to hold people to under 50. That's been our goal. Um, but when our offense is rolling and we're able to put the ball in the basket, now our defense never changes. So it gives us the opportunity to win those those close games. And we're hoping that it can hold us in, um, in tournament play as we continue to work on our offense and continue to get that offense going because it takes a little longer with continuity and new pieces and all that kind of stuff. Go ahead, Drew. Uh, my last question before we get you out of here, and I meant to ask this to uh, Coach Teasley, but I'm, I'm going to ask you this uh, question. You know, people hear NAIA and they think inferiority. They think the level of basketball on the NAIA level is inferior. I've been around basketball enough to know on all three levels, Division One, Division Two, and NAIA, to know how competitive it is, especially when you compare NAIA to Division Two. Uh, a lot of times, those losses on those Division Two records are to NAIA programs. So I want you to tell people how truly competitive NAIA ball is and it compared to what everybody knows on the NCAA level. How, how you guys hold your own, if not excel, over a lot of NCAA programs? Um, well, I think the the biggest thing you you got to take a look at 
um, from the beginning is just the, um, it's just quite frankly, just the eligibility requirements to play NAIA. So you may have someone who is, is talent wise, is no question mid low mid major division one talent, you know, but if they don't meet the requirements for NCAA, the NAI is a little easier to get into. And so that creates an avenue for some kids who don't necessarily have the, the ACT score right off, or if they go JUCO, they may not um, necessarily graduate, you know, and all those different kinds of things. And so um, it gives us the opportunity to, if we look, in the right places and turn over the right rocks and look behind the right bushes, you'll find some really, really good gems, you know, and that's something that we've been uh, very fortunate at, at Russ college to have um, multiple, multiple division one transfers, um, some division two transfers, and even some Juco transfers from some top um, junior colleges that are, have been nationally ranked um, to, to start for us. And even so much as, as I dare say, be willing to come off the bench in hopes to try to win a championship, you know? And so, and those are the kind of things that we, um, we take pride in here at Russ college, man. And, you know, and, and we're not the only team that's like that, you know, it's teams all over the country um, that have kids from, uh, we play Cumberland. They have a kid from the, from Auburn university on their team, you know, and she's the real deal. You know, you go up in, in Montana, it's a kid up there that went to Butler, you know, and she's the real deal. So we'll get all these different types of kids um, who may want to have that D1 atmosphere and got the chance to do that because, you know, we tell all our kids in AAU and middle school and high school is D1 or bust. But sometimes once you actually get there, you know, you really want, you may not want that super businessy side of the athletics part. And you want more of that family and that more um, intimate relationship with your coaches and your coaching staff and your teammates and things like that. And that's what the smaller schools offer. And a lot of those smaller schools are NAIA schools, you know? And so um, once you get the taste of that D1, you kind of see what you really want and you see what really feels like home. And that's kind of what happens, you know? And so in a lot of our better NAIA schools are benefits of the beneficiaries of that mindset, you know, and it's just a great, great, great um, opportunity for all of us to, to kind of get the players that we need to be successful. All right. Uh, the uh, Rust, uh, Rust Bearcats are at home <clears throat> home tomorrow uh, against Tougaloo. Um, I believe is that you guys are doing double headers, correct? That's correct. Yep. Okay. So uh, the first of a double header with the uh, women tipping off uh, 630 Eastern, 530 Central against Tougaloo. And then on can I, Saturday. Can, can I cut in for a second, Brian? Can I cut in for a second? I got to sure. tell Coach Jackson this. Coach Jackson, okay. number 14 for Tougaloo, Morgan Hunter, played high school ball for me. I just want you to know that, so don't beat her up too bad. Tell her Coach Drew said hello. <laughs> I sure will. <laughs> Okay, well, now, now you've ensured that the committee will get no points now because coach, when, when, when coach locks her down with no points, hey, that's for Coach Drew. Coach Drew said, Coach Drew said to watch out for you. I don't, she, she's like, she's like one of the tops in the GCAC at offensive rebounds. So he got yeah, to so keep her off say, the board. He has a high, uh, high motor, probably one of the highest motors I've seen. She's, she's a, a very, very good player. Hard to stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had her for four years in high school, but anyway. That's all right. Tougaloo tomorrow night and then Saturday traveling to future GCAC uh, member at Oakwood University on Saturday 
as the season comes to a close um, in, uh, in about five or six games. And then it's time for the GCAC tournament, Coach. And so we're uh, we're going to be right there watching you and uh, wishing your uh, ladies the best. And uh, I know it's going to be uh, it's going to be fun. The GCAC tournament is always a fun tournament, and uh, we're we're, hope- we're we're hopeful. We we got a feeling we're going to be talking about you guys for the next couple of months here. So uh, we look forward to. It. Thank you for uh, joining us. Any last uh, plugs or anything you want to give us? Anybody you want to give a shout out to, Coach, as we head out? Um, just shout out to my Bearcat family. Um, shout out to my wife and um, all my players. If you guys are tuned in, make sure you guys get some rest for tomorrow. And um, Go Bearcats. Paul's up. Well said. Coach uh, Eric Jackson, Russ Collins, Lady Bearcats. Uh, tomorrow against Tougaloo, 530 Central, 630 Eastern. Make sure to uh, go uh, go go to the game. Go check out some good basketball if you're in the area. Or you can watch it. <clears throat> go to RustAthletics.com and watch the video feed. I'm sure it's uh, on demand or I might have to – might have to shell out a cup of coffee or something to watch the game online, but uh, all the proceeds <laughs> will go to Rust Athletics uh, for that. So uh, thank you, Coach, for your time. <clears throat> thank you for your patience. We appreciate it. No problem. Thank you for having me, and thank you guys all that you do for HBCU Athletics. We appreciate you guys. Hey, all we right. appreciate we'll you watching just... telling me I had that graphic wrong. <laughs> 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 we'll, we'll be back in just a moment. You're watching the BCSN Sports Wrap. This is the Dean of the College of HBCU Sports, Kenyatta Cavill of Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Come mix it up in the lab where the course lecture is in session every Tuesday from 6 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time on Facebook Live, YouTube Spreaker, or the BCSN app. As we discuss all things about the HBCU sports culture, including exploring the week that was in the sporting HBCU dash as well as the upcoming week of HBCU Sports. With me, the Dean, the College of HBCU Sports, on Dr. Cavill's Inside HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Course lecture dismissed. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories Officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCUPrideJoy on Facebook and Twitter. Some carriers will give you just one measly entertainment subscription. One is no fun. With Verizon, there's up to seven entertainment subscriptions with your unlimited plan. That's seven times the... <laughs> seven times the... No, no. Seven times the yes. music, gaming, Disney Plus, Hulu, ESPN Plus, and more. That's seven times the entertainment. Because everyone deserves better. And with plans starting at just $35, better costs less than you think. Maureen is saving big holiday shopping at Amazon. So now she's free to become Maureen the Marrier. Food is her love language. And she really loves her grandson. Like really loves. Charmin Ultra Soft has so much cushiony softness, it's hard for your family to remember they can use less. 
sweet pillows of softness. This is soft. Holy Charmin. Oh, excuse me. Roll it back, everybody. Sorry. Charmin Ultra Soft is so cushiony soft, you'll want more. But it's so absorbent, you can use less. So it's always worth it. Now, what did we learn about using less? You gotta roll it back, everybody. <laughs> we all go. Why not enjoy the go with Charmin? Bounty versus the old family dish towel. Drying with a fresh sheet of Bounty leaves your hands cleaner than a used dish towel that can carry and redistribute food residue. So ditch the dish towel for better hand hygiene. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. Troy, you work here? I'm never not working. Like head and shoulder scalp shield technology, up to 100% dandruff protection, even between washes. Never not working. <laughs> never not working. Never ever not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield, never not working. Welcome back to another, uh, oh, well, another, uh, I want to say it's another edition, segment. but it's uh, another, another segment. segment. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Another segment, BCSN Sports Wrap, Brian and AD here, um, just finishing up a couple of things here as we get ready to go into our final segment. want to remind you and thank you, those of you who are already tuned in and logged in, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at mybcsn one that's the number one. <clears throat> Make sure you uh, download the BCSN Pod Zone everywhere you listen to podcasts. Uh, you can go and get all of our shows from the past week. Hopefully, you went and enjoyed all of the different coverage that we did from National Signing Day uh, through a couple of different shows and outlets. And um, yeah, so BCSN Pod Zone. All right, Drew. We've got some updates, some score recaps from the past weekend in basketball, and then we're going to do our top fives, uh, the top five computer rankings. This is week number six of the rankings. So we're going to start in Division One with a few updates from the weekend. Uh, I'm going to – I don't know. You want me to just – I'll do what I do, Drew, because I think you – uh, just kind of want me to kind of freestyle off the cuff and just go to a few places here. So I'll start in the I'll start in the SWAC where you know going into this weekend you had I believe uh, three teams that were tied in first place and you had yeah, a couple of teams couple that were second Yeah, a couple of yeah. second plays. Well, and it was a big it was a big moving day of sorts as now there is only one team out in first place here after we start the second half of the season now. And it's Southern who starts on top with a, uh, with a current record of eight and two, 13 and nine overall winners are two in a row. The hot team used to be Florida A&M, but now they have been replaced by guess who Texas Southern back again, winners of four in a row. You can't, you can't get rid of these guys because they, they just find a way to win. I mean, this is just a, this is becoming a – they are just a blue blood right now of consistency in HBCU basketball. They won four in a row. They're uh, tied for second with uh, FAMU and Grambling and Alcorn State. So you've got the top – you got five teams all sitting right there at either eight and two and seven and three. 
And honestly, Drew, I, I don't think it's going to matter come tournament time because I think you've got five teams that will all have a legit shot at winning the tournament. And it may – I don't know if it will come down to seeding, but you got to play – you're going to have to play two good teams to win, uh, you know, possibly three if you end up as the four or five seed. I think that's the place you don't want to be. I don't think you want to be the four or five seed because that means you got to go through three tough teams. I'm going to disagree with you on that one. I don't think you want to be the one or the two seed in the SWAC tournament this year. Why? Because if the tournament were to start today, Prairie View and Jackson State are on the outside looking in. Prairie View is in a tie with Bethune and Alabama A&M record-wise all in four and six. Jackson State one game back at three and seven. We know these two teams are too good to be sitting there on the outside looking in. They are going to make a run. Why Why don't you want to be the one of the two seed? Because if both these teams get in, that potentially at the seven and the eight slot, is that who I want for my opening round matchup, Brian? I think you really want to finish number three in the swag this year because of that. And you may have a better chance of winning the tournament at the three spot in the three on the three six line than you will on the one eight or the two seven. I'm gonna leave it at that. That's interesting. That's an interesting take on that. Um, you know, uh that yeah, that's interesting. I look, um Preview lost by one to Bethune. Uh, and then, of course, the two Texas schools will flip and uh, Prairie View will take on FAMU on Monday. Texas Southern will go out to Bethune. Um, so that'll be that'll be an interesting swap there. It, you know, it's a tough it's going to be a tough game for Florida A&M, no doubt. Um, I think Alcorn, it's big that Alcorn got a win over UAPB. How about Grambling losing? Um, at home to Alabama State uh, by eight. Um, I know that was uh, a bit of a shocker. Southern winning by nine over Alabama A&M and Jackson State winning by two over Valley. Got to give a shout out to Caleb Hunter, the sophomore from Mississippi Valley State. Also the coach's son. Um, He eclipsed the 1,000 point mark as a sophomore at uh valley what uh what was this who was it who was it you were looking at when you were looking at rankings on massey who was it that was it wasn't valley was it valley was 356 there's only one team below valley yikes and that comes Uh, from another hbcu yeah that would be uh delaware state uh Yeah, uh, over on the women's side in the SWAC, it's uh, Jackson State continues to uh, to dominate ten and zero. But I think you got to start paying attention there. Uh, Southern is now Southern's quietly having a nice season. Southern women having a nice season. I think they're sitting at second place all by themselves at eight and two. And then after that, you've got a, a, a hodgepodge a of. 
Yeah, all jammed up at six and four between UAPB, Grambling, uh, On Haywire, he's trying to. I don't know what he's doing. I don't know. Not, what not yet, on. not yet, producer. Not yet, producer. No graphic yet. Well, it's, well, we're he put it up. So that's, yeah, no, we're well. not on there yet. <laughs> anyway, um, so we're let, let's just go into the top five. My train of focus has been ruined. <laughs> you, you, uh, I don't. Hey, 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 Brian, to, 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 to use this old school phrase. Producer just blew my high right there. Yeah, exactly. I do want to give a shout out to <laughs> UAPB Zay Green with a triple double in the uh, twenty point win against Alcorn State. Uh, Zay dropped twenty six points, ten rebounds, ten assists for uh, UAPB in that win. I'm not really sure. I mean, I mean triple double is a triple double. That's pretty nice at the collegiate level. I don't think there's a lot of triple doubles happening uh during the season so uh shout out uh shout out to uh to zay green um gotta hey, make you know i feel like go ahead what what you think is the hardest one to get out of those three of the triple double the points the rebounds or the assists the assist because yeah, you're relying on other people to make a basket or make a layup and i've seen so many assists get blown <laughs> you know I think the assist is so hard to get. I, I think the assist yeah. is hardest, you know, which, uh, yeah, I, I got to go with the assist. Yeah. I, I didn't even have to hesitate to answer that question. Re- rebound of this effort. If you got if you got the legs on that night, you can, get the, you can do it. Shots, either they're going to fall or they're not going to fall. But, yeah, I think the assist is the hardest one to get out of the three. Right. I'm sorry, right. continue. Uh, all right, producer, you kind of blown our high. So let's go ahead and introduce – our top five division one. Um, um, you know, the producer just, if you can hear, if you can hear what we hear it, I well, hear, I know, it would be amazing. I, I, I know, I know they can't hear him because that's, he's smarter than that, but just, you know, when you have a producer <laughs> that knows how to just talk junk to you in your ear and you, so when we pause, it's our, our producer just blabbering in our ear. But anyway, this is the new week six, Computer rankings, people, computer rankings, no poll, because Norfolk State, who uh, I believe they had their first conference loss, and a funny little thing about their schedule, Drew, what is it? Norfolk State lost on Monday. Monday, and do not play again until next Saturday. Well, this upcoming, the next, this upcoming Saturday. This upcoming Saturday, and this is not due to COVID. This is just a quirk on the schedule. But if if I actually went back and looked at it, it seems like everybody in, in the BAC because of the four, only 14 games has about a week to 10-day gap in their schedule sometime, at some point in time during the season. Norfolk just happens to have a 12-day gap uh, between their games. Right, right, a 12-day a 12-day period. That'll be real interesting. Always interested why, you know, why teams or maybe did teams kind of consider uh, scheduling somebody during these periods like this, you know, um, or even that option was available. But anyway, you've got the leaders of the MEAC and the SWAC sitting in the one and two spots, Norfolk State at one, Southern at two, 
Right behind Southern is Texas Southern, uh, the new number three. Then you've got Alcorn, who uh, Alcorn is listed at four, just slightly ahead of Florida A&M. Uh, Alcorn, who I believe they, they, they lost on with Texas Southern. Right. They lost on Monday, won on Saturday. Texas Southern only had one game in that period of time. They won. And Florida A&M, they went one and one since the last poll as well. Uh, just sitting on the outside in the hunt, you've got North Carolina Central. South Carolina State continues to be impressive in the MEAC to me. And then you've got um, Howard sitting right there. I was just trying to quickly pull up the uh, the standings and see if I saw anything in the okay. MEAC standings. You've got them. You've got North the MEAC standings for them. Norfolk is uh, leading at six and one. Central is at four and one. Obviously, they've got a couple games they've got to make up. Coppin is four and three. South Carolina State is three and three. Howard is three and three, and then followed by Maryland, uh, Shore, Morgan, and Delaware. And I just and those were just conference records, not overall records that I gave. Right, right. Um, yeah, pretty pretty interesting stuff. Let's go over to the women's side now. The women's computer rankings, the top five in the women. <clears throat> to no surprise, Jackson State sitting at the one spot, by far and away best team. Followed by Coppin State, uh, Norfolk State uh, women. Uh, ridiculous what they did on Saturday. <clears throat> they defeated Delaware State. 102 to 36. Again, 102 to 36. Brian, I, while you drink that, I'm going to break this down for you. Yeah, thank North you. Norfolk State uh, came one bucket from tripling up their opponent. If they hold their opponents at 34 points, they triple them up. Not double them up, they triple them up. That's yeah, I'd, yeah, the rare triple up. Um, that uh, I don't I don't know if that's ever been done before. At least uh, <laughs> on the collegiate level, very, at the collegiate level, right? That's what I should have said. I, I definitely have seen that done at the high school level, but at the collegiate level, uh, rarely does that happen. So, um, yeah, that's pretty impressive. And and I don't know. Do you have the standings for the women's in front of you as well? And uh, um, the BAC conference. Yeah. Yes. In in the MEAC conference, Norfolk comes in five and old Coppin five and two, Howard sitting at four and two with South Carolina State five hundred three and three, Morgan State also at five hundred with two and two, followed by Maryland Eastern Shore, Central, and Delaware State. You know what's interesting about looking at the teams in the hunt there? Kind of disappointed seeing Tennessee State. Yeah, they, they went from, at one point in time, they were our number one team in our computer rankings on the initial ranking uh, just ahead of Jackson State based on their non-conference schedule. And when they get into the conference, they the last three weeks, they have not performed well. I don't know if they've got uh, key players out due to COVID or if it's just competition. Hard life in the OVC. Hard life in the OVC. Let's go over to... 
<clears throat> Let's go over to Division Two quickly before we wrap up. I don't know. I've got a frog in my throat, so I apologize uh, for uh, constantly. I'm not <clears throat> trying to clear my throat here. Uh, there's a man's talk. New number one. My, did Miles jump over Benedict? Yes. Fayetteville was our old number one. Benedict stayed in the same spot, and Miles skipped skip both of them. Yeah, Fayetteville. I saw Fayetteville lost on Saturday to Johnson C. Smith. So I knew that we'd have a new number one probably. Um, and then you see Virginia Unions uh, at four, Winston-Salem at five. Uh, West Virginia State, Lincoln, Morehouse, and Tuskegee. Uh, the month of February is going to be really interesting in these last couple of weeks as we head into the tournament. And, and Miles, Miles is probably the hottest team in uh, Division Two right now on the men's side. How many wins in a row? Do you know, uh, if you give if you give me just a second, I will I will tell you uh, how many wins in a row they have. While you look that up, I'll quickly run through the Division Two women's top five, which. Our women's top five in Division Two are waiting on our producer to uh, flip the page. There we go. Uh, before uh-oh. eleven in a row, uh-oh. eleven in a row, Brian. Uh oh, I see it. Eleven in yeah, a row. For, for eleven in a row for Miles. Uh, producer, let's skip that one. The damn intern got to it again. The intern, the uh, intern messed it up. Well, hold on. Let, let's, let's, let's go. Hold on. 11 Slow in a row for Miles have not lost this calendar year. Back up. Back up. Back up for a second. Back up. We got to we gotta at least read it. We, you know, we'll, 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 we'll we'll have the intern the, you have, It's the intern. You had to do graphic in just a moment. Well, well, don't worry about it. Now, you know, show's about the end. <clears throat> the show's about the end. the end. We'll blame it on the intern. The intern screwed it up. But here we got – here's the five, okay? Don't worry about the logos. Look at the names. Uh, uh, I don't even know if the records are right. You know, we got to proof these. The interns – you need somebody yes, who – Yes, the records are work. correct. All right. We got number one is Savannah State with uh, 18-1 and one overall record, 10-1 and one in conference. Number two – is Tuskegee uh, sixteen and two, ten and one overall. Number three, West Virginia State. Don't sleep. West Virginia State put up one hundred and fourteen points on somebody the other day. Uh, they are fifteen and five, eleven and four in conference, followed by Benedict and Lincoln, PA, with Miles and Elizabeth City State just on the outside. So, all right, moving over to. The next level, NAIA, number one in the men, it's uh, Talladega, who uh, suffered just their second loss of the season this past week. Paul Quinn still having a great year in the Red River. Although they are not eligible, they're sitting at 15-1, and 6-1 uh, and one amongst conference teams. Stillman, Stillman College, we just talked to Coach Teasley, uh, they're, uh, I think they're, they don't, I don't think they were in the top five. Were they drew last week? Or if they were, I think that? they might've been number five. Stillman. No, they, they, the top five actually did not change, Brian. 
Okay, see, this is all a blur every week to me. So Stillman is three, Xavier's four, Tougaloo is five. So that that graphic, the intern got correct. Uh, let's go over to the women's NAIA top five. And let's see what the intern did. He did good this week. Rust is still sitting at number one in our rankings, followed by Talladega. And then Florida Memorials on the rise, uh, moving up to uh, number three, although I think they were number three last week as well, if I recall. No, they flipped they flip, they flip flop with Xavier. See, I, I knew I knew, I knew, knew something changed. Xavier's number four. Philander Smith is five. You know what? We ought to, you ought to tell the intern. We ought to tell the intern to maybe put a graphic a little arrow up or an arrow down next to the name maybe. That, but that's a, you know, that's a, you know, it's just a suggestion to the intern. Uh, we'll, we'll have to talk to them about that. I'll pass uh, that on to them. Right, right. In the hunt, Stillman and uh, Langston still in the hunt in our in our rankings. So that's the uh, computer rankings for um, our week number six heading into this week. And uh, that's going to do it, Drew. A loaded show. I don't feel like we... Like I said, we didn't get into a lot of different things. We had some great conversations, so it was kind of one of those shows. But I, I think we will be adri- – I, I know I don't want to uh, put to bed the whole Jackson State Southern Heritage Classic thing because I have a lot more questions. So I'm going to be kind of looking forward to seeing more information about that. Uh, but uh, maybe we'll have some other discussions on another show. Final thoughts, Drew. Any final thoughts for you? Uh, just want a couple of shout outs to Barry T says a uh, sports rep does a great job in highlighting HBCUs. Great interview with the Russ coach. Shout out to our guy, Will from down at Florida Memorial, Chuck Hunt chiming in, told me I needed a cough drop, uh, when I made that Arkansas Baptist comment, going back to a uh, comment from earlier, uh, Willie Bolden speaking of the, uh, Jackson state. We all need to be reevaluating promoter-sponsored classics. Our ADs have been allowing our schools to be robbed for years with with their lack of negotiating skills. That was Will Bolden. Uh, so just a couple of uh, comments uh, from out there on uh, – and Chris Tucker says uh, Virginia Union in the house. So, uh, yeah, just a couple things from social media out there. Just to let y'all know we are paying attention. We are listening to y'all. Thank you all. Please like, subscribe, and share. Make sure you tune in tomorrow right here on the BCSN for the major baseball announcement uh, that will be coming for their press conference, as I will be a part of that press conference. Right. That's 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Central. Uh, final question for you, Drew. Bengals yes. or Rams? Who you got next Sunday? Oh, I guess we do have to do that. Uh, Bengals or and oh, Rams? And, and hold on, hold on. And I will say, while you're thinking about that, ne- I'm telling you now, next week's show will probably we'll either be, be recorded or, or it'll early. be early. Because I'm not doing this show during the Super Bowl unless we're doing a watch party uh, broadcast. I'm telling you all that now. So I'm going to be somewhere – what I'm just going all I can say right now is I'm gonna be somewhere enjoying the game with some spirits. I'm just letting you know that. How about how about how about three o'clock Eastern next week? We'll go ahead and put that I out mean, there. That might, even, that might even be a little too early too. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> just, 
<laughs> who, who you got? Who you got? Bengals or Rams? Way too early prediction, as, I know, because you have to go through all the stats as, and all as, the other BS. As, as, as a betting man, I'm leaning towards the Rams, except three and a half point favorites, right? Rams are the three and a half ex, point favorites. Except the fact that my hometown is St. Louis, Missouri. So anything Rams, uh, uh, I can't get behind too tough. Sounds like it's a kind of like play. It, it's it's kind of like when Tom Brady went to the uh, Bucks, and I, I've been a Bucks fan for all my life. It, it it was tough for me to get behind Tom Brady at the Bucks, and then when they beat the Chiefs, you know, I was really feeling some kind of way. But anyway, my way too early prediction is take the Bengals and the points. Mm, I like that. I like that. Uh, I don't know. I don't know about the straight up, but take the Bengals and the points. Hey, look, they've been they've been they've been doing it all season with field goal magic uh, in the playoffs on the road. I once again, it's another road game for the Bengals, so I'll take the Bengals plus the three and a half. Who they who they who they gonna beat them Bengals? That's all I'm gonna say. Joe Joe Heese, Joe Shyster. What do they call him? Joe Joe something. I just just Joe Joe Burrow. That, that dude. <laughs> the new Joe, Joe cool. Shyster. Joe, a new the Joe, Joe cool. cool, exactly. Ride with him. Uh, all right, so uh, that's going to do it for this show. Appreciate our producer, Thank you, Roy. Coach Jackson. Thank you, Coach Teasley. Thank you, Michael and Coker. Michael Coker. Thank you for uh, thank you, and thank all of you for taking your time out this evening to watch our show. Make sure you tune in to all of the shows that are a part of the Black College Sports Network this week. Go download and uh, listen to all the shows back on the BCSN Pod Zone or download the Jericho Broadcast Network's app, MyJBN, MyBCSN is where you can do that. Thank you, everybody. You guys be safe out there. Peace out. I'll holla. But you know, my peace, they are hard.